0: So, we've been looking at um, this whole principle, of, of sense of the, the presence of God. You know that um, we are different to the world. If you are a Christian, you are different to the world. You are different to other religions. You are different to, inst- this church is different to institutional, institutions or clubs. Not because of us, but because of the presence of God. The presence of God is the thing that makes us different to everybody else. The presence of God is the thing that transforms us into who we're meant to be. Uh, when you come to church, it is our desire that when you come, you will enter and encounter more of the presence of God. Uh, it's, that's, that's the hope for your children. <clears throat> you can get your children highly educated, but that is um, only you know, are uh, going to take them so far. The real key to your children having success in their lives is the presence of God and developing the presence of God in your household and having the presence of God in your relationships as much as possible. So we've been looking at the presence of God. We've been looking at gateways. Or Matthew six thirty three 33 says, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So that whole thing, about Matthew 6 is about don't, don't get caught up in all the stuff that the world's getting caught up in. you don't have to worry about that. But seek first him. And all the things that you worry about or need will be added unto you. So seeking God is basically seeking to be in his presence. <clears throat> um, we've looked at confession and repentance, how the, 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 the gateway... Uh, into a relationship of God, with God is through Jesus and it's through you uh, repenting, which is saying, you know what? I'm not going to go this way anymore in my life. I'm not going to go the way of the world. I'm turning around and I'm going to change how I think and I'm going to walk uh, in the ways of Jesus. And the confession aspect is you just owning your rubbish. You know, we still have rubbish. Some of you still have rubbish. Stop blaming everybody else. You and I are works in progress that need to understand this tool of confession that when you get it wrong, you can confess to God and say, God, I'm sorry. And that's how you begin the journey of being a Christian. And that opens the gateway to the presence of God in your life. We've looked at how thanksgiving, you know, when you start to thank God, it is a gateway into the presence of God. When you start to praise God, that is a gateway into the presence of God. When you start to worship Him, this morning as we were praising and we were worshiping Him, we were... um, The presence of God was hovering in our worship and in our praise. I can feel the presence of God. Could you feel the presence of God? If you couldn't, I guarantee that your heart was not involved in that praise and worship. Or maybe you weren't even doing anything. See, worship is about creating a space and praise for you to enter in and experience the presence of God. Amen? Uh, Last Wednesday night... Uh, For those that were here on the Wednesday night or watched the stream, we looked at how using the name of Jesus or praising that name that is above every name uh, also creates a space where the presence of God ascends. You know, that's why when we pray for the sick and it says pray in the name of Jesus, when you pray in that name, you are bringing heaven that is uh, attached to that name into that situation where you're praying. The name has been given to us because it is the name that is above every name and it will bring the presence of God. If you are in situations, I tell you, at times for your family, you need to declare that name over your family. You need to declare that name over your community. You need to be declaring that name over us as a church because it sends the presence of God to that situation. I encourage you, as Pekka said, start praying for the Ukraine. Start praying for those people. You know, I was holding my gran- one of my grandchildren yesterday and I was thinking, you know, there are people there right now with little children who are overwhelmed with fear and worry and all those kinds of things. And you know what? We can send the presence of God. We can cry out to God and we can move the hand of God. If the whole world and every Christian on the planet started to call out to him and declare his name over that situation, I tell you, things will change. Because that name has power. So I encourage you, use the name. This morning, I want to talk to you about when you're seeking God, there is a principle or is that you might have heard someone say, well, I'm just waiting on God. You ever heard someone say that? You know, I'm waiting on God. So when we're talking about seeking God, there's this aspect of waiting on God. Now that word waiting on God is not the kind of, well, I'm, just, I'm serving Jesus. That's not what we're talking about this morning. Yes, you should have aspects in your life of service to God. Making sure my fly's done up there. That's all right. Uh, Anyway, where do I come from? Just felt a breeze. And I was, well, anyway, sorry. But it's the fan. Um, I'm trying to get, right. So waiting on God is kind of this aspect of Putting God as a priority to seek him, but not like, you know, I'm in, I'm in and then I'm out kind of thing. It's like, get in, do the, do the deed, pray, and then go. Waiting on God is taking time to wait in his presence. It is a really, really important aspect of your journey of faith. I remember Terry giving me a testimony or giving the church testimony, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four, five years ago, um, where he was saying that in his business, you know, life is very busy and he gets into the office in the morning and it's like, you know, this, this and this and this. But he testified that he had learnt that as he goes to work and as he waits on God, it changes the outcome of his day. You see, waiting on God changes the outcome of your day because when you wait on God, you get what you need for that day. You understand what I mean? It is so important. Because if you don't wait on God, I'm telling you, you will be doing your day in your strength. But when you wait on God, you imbibe of the presence of God. When you wait on God, He gives you everything that you need for that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rightio. Jesus, talking to the disciples, uh, He'd been crucified. He'd been resurrected. He was talking to them about the Great Commission. And then he says this to them in Luke chapter 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But, but, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until, notice, tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until. See, waiting is doing this thing in your life where you're with God, where you are waiting until something happens. I am a husband. I've been married for coming up 40 years. And I have learnt, not that I like it, this thing of waiting for my wife. And like, I have been tempted at times to not wait and just go on ahead. But if you want to be married for 40 years, my friends, be careful with that. Because there are consequences when you don't wait for your wife. You know, am I the only one that has been frustrated waiting for your wife? Waiting. Travis almost jumped out of the seat and said, amen. Amen. Waiting. You know, here's a funny thing. Waiting can be very frustrating. Because waiting fights against a thing called impatience. Waiting is when that impatience has to be sort of pushed down. Like I said, you know, I'm, I can be impatient. And, you know, I mean, I, that's where the veins come from, man, waiting. Waiting for my wife. Oh, we would hurry up. Kind of thing. But here's the thing, you can feel that same impatience when maybe you need to be waiting a little bit longer for God. The Bible is full of instances where there were periods of waiting until they needed to, something to happen something to get and this is what the scripture is about. Uh, Twenty-four forty-nine 49 in Luke it says, Behold I send the promise of the father. So Jesus in his wisdom is thinking something. I need to give you the promise of the father that it will come upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. See, the disciples had been given the great commission. And it's like, you know, I want you to go out into all the world and preach the gospel, go everywhere to the uttermost parts. And so they're given this commission, but then they're told to wait for something that was incredibly important. But there is a tendency in our lives when we maybe think God is talking to us or given us something to do maybe. And there's this thing that, friend, you've got to understand that you wait until you receive what you need. Do you understand what I mean? Because we can run ahead and I'm one of these people that is impatient and want to run ahead and get a whole lot of things done. But I have learnt that if I run ahead and then I'm running on my own steam, I'm going to get into trouble because I haven't waited for what I need here for there. See, waiting, God is not some kind of, you know, just let's just make them be frustrated. You know, he's just like, let's just make them be frustrated. Let's just frustrate Terry. Let's just frustrate Terry. Charlie and Irene. No. Sometimes waiting is a test of faith, to be honest with you. Waiting is so incredibly important when it comes to the presence of God because the waiting is this process whereby you receive what you need for your future. And see, the Bible says there, and you will receive power and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here's the thing and the key about waiting is that you will receive power because the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God, will endure you with power, will clothe you with power when you learn to wait. And it's not just you do it once. It is a lifetime. Can I have an amen? Is this going anywhere? Waiting on God. Wait. What does it mean? Remember, this is not like waiting at a table, you know, like as a servant. This is waiting, which means patiently to look to, to await, to wait for with confidence and hope. Here's the funny thing about waiting on God and in the presence of God. Waiting actually has this thing attached to it called called faith or hope. If you are waiting and all you're doing and, and you're waiting is you're just all frustrated, you're going to wait a bit longer. And my wife has taught me that. You know, it's kind of like, I reckon... There's an attachment of passive aggressiveness that wives do to husbands when we get frustrated with waiting. Joe looks so guilty now. No, no, am I wrong or what? Some of them. And it's just like, see, Pika's not here, I can get away with it. I know sometimes she's just like, yeah, yeah, you're just going to wait a bit longer kind of thing. Yeah, but that's your calling. (laughs) No, joking. Joking. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, but what I'm trying to say is waiting in the scripture and the definition of this word waiting is waiting with hope and faith. And that's the thing when you're waiting for God or you're waiting on the presence of God and if you're in that frustration thing, you know, it it, it, it ain't going to happen because faith is this, key to activating the presence and you know so it's kind of like you know it's so important in the mornings that you or in your day at some point where you do this waiting on God and you just wait because he will give you what you need for the day waiting on God waiting patiently with hope and confidence the dictionary uh, gives a definition of wait or waiting, which says something like this, stay where one is or delay action until a particular time or event happens. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, dude, you've got to plan, you've got to do this, but you've got to wait first. You've got to stay in Jerusalem. Yes, I'm going to send you to the outermost parts. And yes, you know, but you've got to wait. You've got to wait. You've got to wait. And see, here's the danger. We are naturally people who rely on our own abilities. We are naturally people who just, you know, if, if you're a bit like, I just want to take the day on sometimes, But and my natural abilities will only get me so far, but I know that when I have him and his touch on my life, I just go so much further and achieve so much more because I'm not... Relying on my own abilities, but rather when I wait on Him, He touches my abilities, He anoints my abilities, He causes circumstances to line up because I have waited for His presence and for the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, that's why we are a Pentecostal church. We are defined as a Pentecostal church because we believe that the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost and Jesus said to the early church to wait until you receive and we are a Pentecostal church who are meant to be dependent on the Holy Spirit and not on our own abilities. See, the world does not need your abilities. The world needs your abilities anointed with supernatural power. The world needs you to have the touch of God on your life. Hallelujah. Waiting is so important. Waiting. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 through to 8. It's funny. I, I, I was thinking, what am I going to preach about this week? You know, you want to be a preacher. You know, and you've got to do it all the time. And you know, when it's kind of like uh, there's a saying that goes, you're only, best, you're only as good as your last sermon kind of thing, you know. You know, you're only as good as your last sermon. So there's a pressure on the preacher, you know, to, you know, because you're only good as your last sermon kind of thing. Anyway, going through this week, uh, I encourage you, Byron preached probably the best message I've heard him preach uh, last Sunday. You know, you must have waited on God because it was above your abilities there, Byron. It was anointed, mate. No, it's true though, was it not? If you didn't listen to it, you need to listen to it. Acts chapter 1, 6 through to 8. Again, this is all tagged around Jesus telling them to wait. Uh, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. I'm going to touch this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You don't have to try to be my witnesses. You will be. It's like when Jesus said, let there be light, my friends, that when the Holy Spirit comes on us, we don't have to try. We will be what he called us to be. You get it? Because it's him on us and we will be the church that he's called us to be as long as we are reliant on him and his presence and seek the Holy Spirit on our lives. Can I have an amen? Amen. But I want to touch on this first bit. And I want to pose this question that is a little bit out of where I'm going, but I feel it's pertinent to now. Are we in the end times? Are we in the last days? Are the events that we are seeing unfold, we've been through COVID, are we now in the time, the imminent return of Jesus Christ? Because if you get online, you will hear a whole lot of stuff. So I'm going to ask you the question and then I'm going to help perhaps answer it. Are we in the end times? And this little verse here when Jesus is talking to the disciples. So the disciples had been through the disappointment of the death of Christ. Then they had been also part of the amazing ascension of the amazing resurrection of Jesus. And then they're finally thinking, man, Jesus, this is the moment. This is the moment, Jesus, when you're gonna rule and reign on the earth. And they are throwing the question at Jesus. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them this, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive. Now I want you to think about this. There is a heap of events going on around the planet. Right? Um, I used to be quite a strong student of eschatology, the study of end times, in my early walk of faith and I studied it for quite a few years and, and you know there were trigger points and aspects that you would have recognized about the coming of Jesus and yes of course 1948 when Israel became a nation and also actually in 1967 when Jerusalem became part of the nation of Israel which was the city of David which is very significant a lot of people miss that but are we at the end of the age? I don't know But what I do know is that in the same way Jesus is saying, that ain't for you to know, friend, to the disciples. He said, that's the Father's call. That's the Father's call. And lots of people make calls and have made calls for thousands of years saying, this is it, man. The moment is coming. And they were wrong. And I can't make the call to tell you that it is the end. I, I, I still believe there's a whole bunch of trigger points, but you know, but what I do know is I believe God is calling the church like he was the early believers, the book of Acts church. Yeah, don't worry too much about that. Yes, keep an eye on it. But you know what? Go and get the Holy Spirit. Go and get the power from on high because that's what the world needs. It doesn't need videos freaking everybody out about the end times. It needs people to understand we have a mission as a church to reach the world for Jesus with power. Now, you know, I'm not saying you can't study it. I'm not saying, but what I'm saying is lots of people lose the focus and that becomes, is it, is it, is it? Oh, yes, and it's all about that. And they forget, friend, it's about Jesus. It's about us preaching to a world that needs him. Can I have an amen? You see... You've got to go back to think about what was happening at the time of Israel under Roman authority. They were a people crushed by another empire. They were a people who were seeing terrible things happening. And when the church began to arise, terrible persecution was attacking the early church. Worse than what you see or I see. And it's not that there's not persecution now, but what I'm trying to say is that moment there, when they were sick of being under the Roman control, you know, Jesus, it's time to come back. And it's not much different to today. Do you understand? Now I'm going to tell you something that happened to me, and I digress, but never mind. When we got COVID on January the first in our household, and it's kind of like God just and I was so frustrated, I was so annoyed. Because I'd already got the plan for 2022. You know, and, 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 and you know, because, yep, man, woo we're going to do it. And then wacko, and Karen. And you know, then we were in this kind of chaos because we didn't know, did we do, we're we not, yes, no. And we spent like probably 12, 13 days as a family kind of in the space of, you know, stuck at home. And... um. I was so frustrated, but I remember God reminding me of Matthew 6, 33. I've said it before, and it's kind of like, seek me first, Keith. You know, slap, slap, slap. Use this time to just spend time with me. So I did. And probably in about the, the first week or the second week, I can't remember it was, and then we went to the Gold Coast, and then we did the same thing. We were just spending time with God. He said, don't kick off all your programs. Don't get all that stuff going. You need to wait, Keith. You need to wait. You need to wait so I give you what you need to do. You need to wait so you're hearing from me and not all the other stuff, right? And um, Tonga had a volcanic eruption. And then there was a tidal wave that went around the world, but the place where it really hurt most was in the islands of Tonga. And I watched this video, news item, whatever it was, and I saw the wave as it hit the island of Tonga and everything was that was down low just was swept by this wave that just came and swept these people away. But then there were people who were up on a higher space uh, uh, at, on the island, and they kind of were just sitting there watching it all unfold. And they were just watching because the tidal wave, yeah, it was real. Yes, it was sweeping their nation, but because they were in a higher position They weren't affected by it that way. And I felt God tell me, and this is what I'll say in regards to what I think is happening, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me there are more waves coming. And I said it at the beginning of the year, probably when I preached, I felt God tell me there were more waves coming. And then I felt Him tell me that my job was to get the church and anybody we had influence over to higher ground you understand? To higher ground. Because friend, the waves are coming. And what's happening in Europe is a wave that could be devastating. But friend, there is a higher ground where the wave does not get you. And that wave is the higher ground of Jesus. That wave is the presence and living in the presence of God. See, it's no different. Go back to the early church. It was chaos for them. Man, if you said you were a Christian, watch out. You with me? So I believe we're in a time where more waves are coming. And this thing happening in Europe is one of those. But I am convinced that as we put our eyes where they belong, that we are lifted up into the place of safety, the presence of God. Hallelujah. Give me an amen. 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 Oh, that's what I was saying. I didn't know what I was going to preach about, and I was, um what the heck? And I could have fallen back onto a whole lot of stuff, but anyway, I just it's it's just kind of. Even when I got up this morning, I've done the stuff, and I just, I just want to say to you, my friends, it is essential. It is a an essential. Number one priority like never before that you become a person or you get back to being the person who waits on God. Because if you don't, then it is likely that you will be swept away by the fear and anxiety and all the stuff that has swept this planet for the last two years. Statistics and church statistics are uh, saying come out of the United States that there is, a, is about 30 to 35% of people have left the church. I don't know what it is now, but this was uh, at the beginning of this year, late last year. And they are saying that it is a result of people who are on the peripheral of Christianity. That it was a form, but not a lifestyle. And it was just part of the many aspects of their life. And so, again, I would say to you that there are more waves coming, friend. And my, I feel God telling me to warn you, but to inspire you that the answer for you is the presence of God. Hallelujah. Moses waited for the plan of God in Exodus chapter 24, verse 12. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tables, tablets of stone with the law. Moses waited on the mountain. Why did God not just get him up there and say, here you go, dude, it's all there. God called Moses to wait for the plan. When you wait on God, God will give you a plan, but sometimes you need to wait a bit longer than maybe you are. Remember, waiting is the hope and expectation that you will receive something. There's a moment you've got to wait for. David, Psalm 27, verse 14. Psalm 27, I just feel to say to you you guys, Psalm 27, Psalm 27, it's an awesome Psalm. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen you. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David waited on God for strength. David, if you read that whole psalm, it's just the most amazing psalm. David waited. See, when you wait, you get strength. Moses waited for the plan. David was waiting for the strength, because obviously he was feeling weak. And then I'm going to finish my message this morning, which I was going to preach on. Out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 through to 31. Isaiah waited for the renewed strength and power of God. Isaiah forty twenty nine, through to 31. He gives, speaking of God, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Verse 30. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young shall utterly fall. Those, the two languages in the Hebrew there are about exhaustion. They are describing a state of exhaustion And even a state of exhaustion to young men, young people. Verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord. See, here's the difference, friend. Here's the difference. But those, it is a select group, it is a different group who are not going to be overwhelmed with fear and exhaustion and and, and anxiety. But those who wait, if you don't do the process, if you don't follow the plan, but those who wait. On the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Notice the three spaces here and I'm just going to really briefly touch it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So there's a renewal that happens when you wait. Burnout in Christianity. Burnout in the ministry is a lack of waiting for renewal. Trust me, I've learned it. I'm lear- I've learned it and I'm learning Terry quoted something. You know, in, in the region, so I've been in this region for 12 years as a minister, and only and, and Terry didn't quite get it right, but you're pretty close, Terry. There are only three of us left. And 90% of the people that have gone who are in the ministry didn't go well. 90%. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings like eagles. They shall run. So there's mounting up with the wings like eagle. There is running and not being weary. And there is walking and not growing faint. Three activities. Three motives or means of moving forward. Note it doesn't say go backwards. Note it doesn't say be overwhelmed. Note it says that there are three modes that when you wait on God, there are three results of where your strength will be renewed that you will, you will, you will be able to mount up like wings of eagles. Fly, man. Fly in God. Number two, they will run. You see, Christianity is a journey in God of not going backwards, of not staying where you are. It is a journey in God of moving forward, and that forward motion sometimes will be like you are flying, and sometimes it will be like, well, I've just got to run and do this thing. You like the running? It took me years to learn that. And the third one is, sometimes you just got to keep walking, man. Sometimes you just got to keep walking the faith. Hallelujah. I want to inspire you. I want to inspire everybody watching the stream. We are in very interesting times. But there is an answer. There are things that are out of our hands, but there is an answer. And that is this. That you can stand strong. You can be the man who built his house upon the rock. But if you don't seek the presence, if you don't, Wait for God to strengthen you and empower you because you're going to need it. And I don't know how well you're going to do through this trouble coming. Hallelujah.